This is Decoding Learning Differences with Kimberlyn Lavelle, and this episode is Motivating Dyslexic Kids. So in honor of October being Dyslexia Awareness Month, and in honor of Motivation Monday, we're combining these two to get a little bit more specific on how to motivate kids with dyslexia who are struggling. So when we're talking about this, we want to get into we, we, the main thing that you need to do is watch all the other episodes on motivation because kids with dyslexia are kids, right? They are motivated in the same way that anyone else is motivated. All the same things apply. Avoid the rewards and punishments. Find things that are actually intrinsically motivating for them. Focus on building that intrinsic motivation. So go back, listen to all of those. All of those apply. But I wanna highlight a couple of things really fast. First thing that I wanna highlight is have real conversations with your child. So this is kind of going back to that, that episode on relationships. Your child is a human being. They have thoughts, they have feelings, they have ideas, and I know you know this, but sometimes our worries about our kids makes us do things to them rather than with them. We want to collaborate with our kids to get on the same team as them. Now, there are times that you can sign your child up to work with a tutor against their will, and that tutor can win them over and get them on board and move forward. So I'm not saying anything, you know, that keep that in mind. But I also want to point out that having a very real conversation with your child about what you are concerned about, what your worries are, as well as, and more importantly, listening. What are their concerns? What are they worried about? Because that is going to be the biggest piece of letting us know what am what do I need to shift, you know? Do they want to work more on getting better at reading? Or would they rather work more on getting it better at math, which you think they're doing great in, but they're super interested and passionate about it and they can't figure out this one thing? And Or maybe it's getting better at kicking a soccer ball and we can use what they're interested in and validate it and see how that then turns into what, into them pursuing working on what they're weak with. So if they're wor- they are weak in their reading and their spelling efforts and they're not interested in getting better, they're not gonna make very much progress, no matter what you do. Now, like I said, we can do things like sign them up with an amazing tutor who is really great or specialist, whatever you wanna call them, who is really great at getting the kid on board and getting them motivated. And sometimes that's the best route and you as a parent have to make that decision. But having that conversation beforehand can make a big difference. If you have a conversation with them, and, and you're going to send them to the tutor no matter what, but you have a conversation before beforehand with them, and you start by saying, all right, your, your reading's too weak. We're going to send you to a reading specialist, and you're going to go once a week, and you better you know work hard, and it's costing a lot of money. And, your kid is going to be like, you're telling me what to do. 
right? There's going to have that resistance of that we just naturally have when we're told what to do in that like authoritarian way. Kids are going to resist it. And if you start with, okay, we're going to send you to the reading tutor. And if you do really good and you really behave yourself, I'm going to take you to Target and you can pick out a toy. You're the one interested in them doing good. They're only interested in the toy. Whereas if you approach it with, okay, I've signed you up for reading tutoring. What is it that you're hoping to gain from it while you go? Even just that shift of having the conversation of, I know you've really been struggling with reading. I've seen you get frustrated by it. So we're going to try something to help you feel more successful and feel, and realize how, how much of a genius you are. So I'm going to, we're going to send you here. Do you have any questions or concerns? Is there anything you want to make me to make sure that, um, that the tutor knows or the specialist knows, whoever you see that difference of like, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm on board with them. Even if I'm telling them they're going, even if it's, you're absolutely going, there's no question on that. You can still come alongside as you walk with them to the tutor, right? Rather than dragging or pushing. It's just, just some subtle differences that, that can make a big impact. There are times when you need to step back and trust your child. I mean, I think we always need to trust our kids to some degree. Not that we have to trust that they're telling us the truth because children lie. That I mean, people lie. It's not anything against children. Um, and there are, there is actually developmental stage where kids go through where they lie a lot. <laughs> That's okay. Um, it, it just is what it is. So I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you're trusting that your child knows what they need and wants what's best for themselves. So sometimes we put so many hours of extra help on a kid and it feels like pressure on them. And all they all the message they wind up getting is I'm dumb. I can't do this. Everyone thinks I'm dumb because they just keep sending me to all these different tutors and I have to go, you know, to the specialist at school and leave my class to go there. And then I have to go after school to this other person. And then my parents make me read every single night. And I have can't read the same books that everyone else is reading. And, you know, they have all this evidence that everyone else thinks they're dumb. Therefore, they must be dumb. And, and I'm using the word dumb just because that's the word a lot of kids use when they're talking negatively about themselves. Um... It's, so it's really, it's really about sometimes we need to have, have that conversation. How are you feeling about what's going on with your reading? And the kid might be like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of going to all these different places. I'm tired. I just want to do soccer, whatever. Sometimes we need to say, okay, so should we take a break? from the after school stuff and just do the stuff that's during the school day? Yes. Okay. What I need from you is for you to let me know if that's not enough and if you need to start going back to the reading tutor or switch to a different tutor or if you want to try an online program or I need to know what else you need. 
sometimes our kids are are immature and they they don't have that ability to like see the greater good in them learning how to read and sometimes it's gonna come when they're older that they finally are like i really need to know how to read well um someone please teach me and then they're very motivated they really want it and they have that ownership all along the way you have to make sure they know that they are a highly intelligent person who is struggling to read struggling with spelling whatever it is we want to make sure they know that they are highly intelligent and you have all the evidence of that but there's something they're struggling with that happens to be a very useful and necessary skill to be successful in our current society and you can also point out how thousands of years ago their ability to throw a ball accurately would have meant that they could throw a spear accurately and be a very good hunter. And that would have been a much more important skill that some of us would have been deficient in. So their area of deficit in today's society doesn't mean anything about them as a person. It's just something that unfortunately really is necessary in our society. Um, to be fully successful and feel that that confidence, we, we really want to have that reading and spelling ability or a strong access to accommodations that we can use easily that that allows us to meet that same need. So when that kid is on board, has that desire to meet those challenges, they're they're going to have a better time. And sometimes our kids are so overworked on the interventions that we're just wasting our time and our child's time. They don't have the brain power, the mental energy to absorb everything that's tr being thrown at them. So they can't make progress. And then they just feel worse about themselves. And meanwhile, they can't even make progress on their soccer because they really want to be doing that and they don't have the time to practice. So we have to be careful on, on a lot of this. So your takeaway today is that kids make little progress, very little progress when they're feeling overly pressured. And they make huge progress when they want it. And having those honest relationship, on, an honest relationship with your kid can be very impactful. Um, one last thing that I wanted to throw in is reading books not all the time, but reading books, stories about people with dyslexia and other learning challenges and how they were able, those people were able to succeed, not in spite of their differences, their difficulties, but because of those differences and difficulties can be very powerful. It can let your kid know that, yeah, you're struggling with something that everyone finds very important at this time in your life, and you're really good at other stuff, and you're going to blow everyone out of the water in that way when that is allowed to be the primary focus of all of your time. So just some things to think about. All right. Send me your questions, your concerns, your thoughts whether it's about your specific child or 
this podcast in general, anything, I really want to hear from you. Kimberlyn at decodinglearningdifferences.com. I will talk to you again soon.